We're going to talk about prayer this morning. And I'm going to start by telling you a story about George. George, have you, have you heard this story, Scott? Okay. Since I hadn't gotten into it, there's no way you could have heard it yet. George had a lot of problems. George, his wife left him. His daughters wouldn't speak to him. He lost his business. He was broke. He lost his house. He was living in his car. And so he went to church every day for three, month, for three weeks. And he prayed this prayer. Good Lord Almighty, you know the problems I have. And it would help me help me win the New York lottery. Day after day, Lord, help me win the New York lottery. On the 21st day, it was like the church building opened up and a light shined down and this deep voice from God said, George, help me out. Buy a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I... uh, (laughs) Like George, we pray. But do we pray with expectation? Do we pray with expectation? This morning I want to talk about prayer. The focus... Regular practice, expecting results, and praying bold prayers. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our redeemer. May these words be your words, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What do you do every day? Breathe. Well, don't we have a checklist? No, I mean, come on. Let's go through the checklist. Every morning, the alarm goes off. I wake up, get out of bed, brush my teeth, take a shower, coffee. Some people start with coffee. Drink some water. Not drink anything else till later on in the day. Let's see what else. Oh, 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 dress. Have to dress. Take my meds, vitamins, my leading... Oh, and check the news. Check the weather. Did I leave anything out? Huh? Daily devotional. Here we've got a a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's things that are essential to everyday life. Like breathing. And then there's some things that aren't. You know, if, if we don't eat, we can go about three days, and then it's, it's going to be problems for us. If we don't brush our teeth, we can go about three days, and it's going to be a problem for everybody else. <laughs> there are things that are essential and some that are not. So what's really important? 
I mean, it's like clockwork. We don't even have to think in the morning when we get going. We do it one thing at a time. We have a routine. We know what our priorities are. Is prayer a part of that clockwork? Throughout the Bible, there is a constant reminder to be in prayer. And and, and what the Bible teaches us is that prayer and gratitude is important to our health. They've actually done studies on that. Did you know that? Did Did you know that? That those who pray and give thanks are actually healthier, not just emotionally, but physically than the rest of the population. Is it a priority? Now, I'm going to come back to the James passage in just a second because James is dealing with, uh, with the, uh, the circumstances uh, in terms of prayer and a particular, uh, particular formula for prayer. But I, I want to start with 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. In 1 Thessalonians 5... Paul, in his letter to the church at Thessalonica, at the end of this letter, gives them this instruction. To rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will. Now, Pray without ceasing. The, the word there in, in the Greek is adaliptos, adaliptos, adaliptos. It is, it's an interesting word. You know, in, in the English language, when we talk about pray without ceasing, you know, well, it's without stopping, you know, well, what, what is that? In the Greek, it's really specific. It is without interruption. It is with complete focus. It is, it is, Single-minded. It implies the act of prayer in every moment of each day. To pray without ceasing. And for me, it's an, it's an attitude of prayer. I, I don't... I don't think that we should, I haven't tried this lately, no, I haven't tried it at all, that we should close our eyes and bow our heads on George Bush tollway. Anybody done that? Josh, have you tried, Josh has tried that. How'd that work out for you? Were you in your dad's sports car? (laughs) No, no. The, the type of prayer that, that Paul is talking about here is a, is a connection with God, a, an awareness of God, to see God as authority, as source, as life, as wisdom, as direction. The problem for most of us is that, yes, we want God in our lives, but we want to control God. We want God to do what we want, Right? But constant prayer is the opposite of this. Constant prayer is surrender. It is giving up control without knowing where God may be leading us. Now, I am not saying that you should quit your jobs 
or close down your 401k or anything like that. But what I am saying is make prayer a priority. What if? What if we prayed not just occasionally, but in every moment, in every way, in every day? Um, By the way, it is God's will for us. All right, so let's look at how we pray. Let's look at how we pray. Let's go back to James. If you have your Bible open there, I want to focus in on James verse 14. James verse 14. And have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And, And he speaks of different situations. Is anyone sick? Is anyone suffering? He's talking about situations. And and James gives us specific instructions on on how we should pray. He says, in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Do you know that in the name of the Lord or in the name of Jesus appears over 40 times in the New Testament? Over 40 times. And in most of those cases, it has to do with prayer. In a couple of cases, it has to do with baptism. In a few cases, it has to do with how we live our lives. In the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus... And so a lot of people see it as a formula. I go before God, I pray for one another, and then I add that secret, secret passage in the name of Jesus. That's not what it means. Oname is the Greek word for name. And oname doesn't just mean our name. What it means is a manifestation, someone's character. It's what makes that person distinctive. It is how they think. It is how they act. It captures them. To be, pray in the name of Jesus is to pray as Jesus would pray. It, w- it is to pray what Jesus would want. It is to connect ourselves with the, with the direction that comes from the, the, the king of kings. It is, it is not just to pray for our will, but to release our will. To the king of kings. It's not a religious formula. It's not the end of the prayer just to get what we want. To pray in Jesus' name directs our prayer. What if we prayed in Jesus' name? What if we truly prayed in Jesus' name? If we searched, I've got this situation. And... And I'm going, to pray and I'm going to pray as Jesus would have prayed. I'm going to, to surrender myself in Jesus' name. I'm going to surrender myself as Jesus surrendered himself on the cross. I'm going to, I'm going to do all I can to, to, to receive what it is that God is leading me to do. And to pray that prayer. What if we prayed in Jesus' name? For it is Jesus to whom we pray. And here's the deal. God is big enough for every prayer. God is big enough for every prayer. In Matthew chapter 17, 
the disciples were uh, trying to cast out this demon. And they couldn't do it. And, and they come to Jesus with this situation. And Jesus prays and casts out the demon. And so they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, what was it that we didn't do? What did we do wrong? And when you examine the Greek, because Jesus says, he says, oh, you, oh, ye of little faith, because of your little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible. The implication of the Greek is we see the way that the disciples pray over this person to be released from the demon is there is no expectation there's no expectation. Our God is big enough for every prayer. To pray like Jesus does not mean that we should limit our prayers, but somehow, you know, that we should not make our desires known, to make our dreams known, to make, to make what it is that is before us known, our suffering, our illness, our, our longings, our dreams before God. Absolutely not. God wants to hear that. God wants to hear the, the, all of us in prayer. And God honors that. But the size of our prayers depend on the size of our God. How big is your God? How big is your God? Is your God big enough to take a mountain and put it into the sea? Do you believe? My God is big enough. Now, Jesus may not want the mountains in the sea, because that could cause all kinds of ecological problems, but, you know, but God is big enough. Hmm. God is big enough. And here is the way God works. God likes to take the small, ordinary, surprising people and do extraordinary things. We, we talk about signs and wonders as we look at the New Testament. And, and there are those who will tell you that the signs and wonders of the New Testament, of, the, of, 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 the, of Jesus in Nazareth, are gone. But here's what I believe. Every time that God takes a human being and does an extraordinary thing with that human being, that is a sign and wonder of what God is doing in this world. Every time that God takes a church like this one and begins to use it for the spreading of the kingdom and the flow of the Holy Spirit, that's a sign and wonder of what God is doing. Every time that, that God takes a heart and changes it and they come down here and they say, yes, I want Jesus into my life and I want to go into the waters of baptism, that is a sign and wonder. Because it's totally contrary to the ways of this world. Who would do that? Let us dream big. Let us ask big. Let us, let us, be, let us, be, let us be ridiculous in our prayers. To see what God can do. For never underestimate the power of a single prayer. For God 
can do anything through anyone who circles their dreams in prayer. What if we prayed in confidence? In confidence that God was bigger than all our circumstances. So what is our prayer life? I want to challenge you this morning to pray risky prayers. To pray risky prayers. The story is told about this pastor who went to the hospital. And every prayer that he prayed, he always would go in the hospital room and he would pray for the person to be healed. Okay? Um, He didn't really have any expectation that they would be healed. I mean, he was praying for the doctors and the nurses, and, but he, he would pray for them. Well, one day he's in the hospital. This lady was uh, basically paralyzed from the waist down, and he prayed for her, prayed for the doctors, prayed that she would be healed in Jesus' name. She jumps out of the bed. She dances around the room. She says, I'm healed. I'm healed. Hallelujah. And the pastor doesn't know what to do. He, thought, he thinks, oh, my goodness. What are my church people going to say? You know, well, I, he's just thinking, oh, he's thinking, going and going. And, and finally, he just he kind of talks to the lady and says, this is absolutely wonderful. Praise God. And gets out of the room as quickly as can. Gets down to his car, and he's all sweaty. And he's just, he puts his hands on the wheel of the, of the, of the car. And he says, dear Lord, I just thank you for healing that woman. But don't ever do that to me again. Let's pray risky prayers. What's a risky prayer in your life? What's a prayer that if it were answered would just scare? (laughs) Mm. You know, their Bible is full of characters that were willing to look foolish. Noah. I mean, who, who did Noah think he was? I mean, have you ever been to in, in the Holy Land at that area where Noah built the ark? It's a desert. David, going up against Goliath. Who did David think he was? Those 300 that marched around Jericho, outnumbered. 50 to 1, they believed in the one God of all creation that could do all things through Jesus Christ. A writer, a Christian writer named Peretti, writes a, th- a series of three, Piercing the Darkness. Anybody read that? It's, it's been about 20 years since the books came out. There's a great scene in the, in the, in the book where the host of the Lord, who are always outnumbered by the, by the demons, but they always win. And one of the captains is talking to his lieutenants, and they look down on this little town, and suddenly this church just, just blows up, and all these demons are just shooting everywhere, just going everywhere. And the lieutenant says to the old, the old experienced captain, what's going on there? And he says, oh, the people of God are praying again. What if the people of God prayed the riskiest prayers that we could imagine? What if? 
Are you willing to do that? Or do you just think this pastor's crazy? Now, I have been here long enough to know that this church is pretty mature in its faith. And that you understand the power of prayer like no other church that I have ever been in. The kind of prayers that this church prays are absolutely incredible. The way you gather around each other and, and lift each other up is, is, is really nothing I have ever experienced. But what if we took what we do in here out there? What if we took it out there? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? (laughs) I am. I am. For this is our call. This is our call. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Alleluia. Alleluia. Now listen. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. Alleluia, alleluia.